Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome. I don't know where I was just there for a moment. I'm Nadine Blaney and this is the COB. And I'm Adani Okuye. And uh, I've been hoping that we were going to get a bit of a rally and we did, but it's all petering out, which is just too sad for this Monday. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, well below 6,800. We did have retail sales released today. They came in hot immediately after. I spoke with Sean Lankake from BIS Oxford Economics saying, you know, really that just firms up the case for an interest rate hike coming next week from the RBA. So it's hard to get too enthusiastic, especially when he went on to say, if they hike once, it's his assumption that that would mean that they would hike again. So if you're going to do it, you're going to do it now. So he's saying perhaps November, December now. And he put, put, and it wasn't just the retail sales, obviously, it was the inflation read as well. So that's what investors are facing. Mm. Well, it is. It's a huge headwind Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, because clearly if we do get another 50 basis points, um, it is really hard to see how the average Australian is going to cope with not only all these rising costs, but if you do have debt, and Australians do have a mm-hmm. lot of debt, well, just it's not going to be a very ho-ho Christmas, is it, at this stage? Perhaps not, but we were spending in the month of September up 0.9%. Apparently the spring <laughs> the weather. And the oh, I love that. That was from Endeavour Group. That's one of the corporates uh, we'll be talking about today. Um, we're just really bracing for not just the RBA next week. I mean, think about it this week, Danny. We've got three central banks. Yeah. We've got the BOJ, we've got the BOE, but we have the FOMC. Yeah. Yeah, the big OFMC, FOMC, and obviously it is very much, I think, uh, markets are not looking for a rate hike over there, but clearly again is what is Jay Powell going to say? And let's face it, even if he's not going to hike again, he's not going to come out and say, oh, I'm not going to hike again, no. is he? So it, it's by definition, it's probably going to be a little bit more on the hawkish rather mm-hmm. than the dovish side. And we do know that uh, share markets have been coming under a lot of pressure, yes. including our own. I mean, the energy sector really getting hit hard today. We'll go through some of those in a moment. You know, financials, the banks were down, interest rate sensitive stocks, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that one. Um, Qantas, I was watching its share price reaction earlier today. Let's just see where it looks like it will be closing. It was positive. Yeah, it was up about 1% at lunch as the last of the day's trades come through this market, up about eight tenths of a percent right now, uh, because it, excuse me, came out with its defense into the fee for no service. Yes, we just, you know, you can't expect to have your plane leave on time. Or leave it all. (laughs) Or leave it all. And and it's legalese, but they did say, legally speaking, you're not actually buying a ticket for that flight at that time on that day. So 
<coughs> they've it's been such a bizarre concept, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I guess they've said that, you know, their systems, if they would have canceled all those flights at once, wouldn't have been able to handle it. It would have been a bigger mess. So not their fault. And they didn't do it for financial gain. We'll see if it'll fly with consumers because it's the reputational damage, right? That we're Absolutely. Really talking about it it, it kind of looks uh, potentially as a big, the dog ate my homework situation. <laughs> but we'll see, as you say, what the courts have yeah, to say about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, energy, as I mentioned, we did see the price of oil coming off yeah. just, well, it's interesting because it was, it was it just spiked on Friday yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah, and it's uh, eased by about a percent today. I was just chatting to Daniel Hines at ANZ, and he really, really feels that the energy markets are not discounting the sufficient risk that's sitting in there at the moment, from his opinion. He feels that rather than like the 4% premium that's been put into crude prices should be closer are higher to, or closer to 10 to 15 percent. So they've got a hundred dollar uh, US dollar a barrel target. And it's just interesting because when we're looking at the conflict, it has grown mm-hmm. on the ground. It's awful, absolutely horrible what we're seeing. But oil markets are very much like this is a bit of a yawn. Yeah, well, until I, it's not. <laughs> no, I suppose so. But I did speak with an analyst last week and slips my mind right now. It's up online. And uh, he said, historically, you do see a spike when there's tensions, war, um, but then it retreats quite quickly. And over the longer term, war doesn't actually have that much of a positive impact on the price of oil. Uh, Look, that being said, we'll keep an eye on these guys. I was a bit surprised to see, um, you know, consumer staples being one of the worst performing sectors. And Woolies continuing to be hit, as well as Endeavour Group, which came out, didn't they, with some quarterly results, which on first read didn't look too bad. But I think they are experiencing the consumer continuing to trade down. There's that value. You, yeah, you know, absolutely. Cost of living. I'm absolutely. sorry, but I got my electricity bill the other day. And got Nearly quite died. Shock. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on from that. Still a touchy subject. Um, the other thing was I called the provider and said, I'm on the lowest package. They said, oh, no, you're not anymore. Oh, oopsie. You've got to continually call us to make sure you're on the lowest yeah. package. Yeah. Anywho, that yeah. will remain la- nameless, listed Australian company. <laughs> Banks, uh, real pressure coming through here today. NAB at one point was down more than 2%. Yeah. yeah. And they've got, uh, obviously, we've got ANZ, NAB and Westpac. I think they report in November, do they not? I think, yep. I think they they will be coming up. Uh, Macquarie reports this Friday, I believe. Yes. Uh, but yes, following um, like US banks, you think mm-hmm. our banks are bad. My gosh, go across to the US, much weaker. But also let's check in with the technology sector because- Lo and behold. <laughs> yeah, Zero had an upgrade today. Mm-hmm. Um, I coming think from Jefferies. Jefferies, exactly. Around $122.69 or 63 cents from memory, the price target there and a buy and also WiseTech a global but poor old block continuing to be under pressure but what were some of the top corporate stories well we've touched upon them a bit yeah we have touched on them uh igo they reported it was a quarterly production report coming through and they are expecting lower production in some of their key commodities say barbara came out it was a little bit convoluted so they've done the strategic review and uh, so they have uh, basically said that some of their mines will be roughly cash flow neutral. I think it's all their mines in FY24. So it's a strategic review that's being implemented, organizational restructuring, corporate costs expected to come in between nine and eleven million dollars annually. So, but you know, the market really not liking that update, and Remelius maintaining its production guidance, saying it remains on track to achieve its full year guidance. 
And uh, there was another gold miner that I thought we should take a look at. I think it's on the next page. Called Tieto Minerals, and it was <laughs> uh, subject to a takeover yeah. offer and off to the races, up by thirty-three percent almost. And I do know Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners, who is suffering from, uh, I suppose, broker broker malaise at the moment. With the markets, was very excited Ooh. to see this one run off to the races today. Um, we don't know what's going on with Star Entertainment, mm-hmm. but off by over eight percent. And uh, what's happened? Regal there? Burn as well. It's confirmed. Oh, that's that it's right. making a play for PM, PM Capital, Capital but yeah. uh, taking about a percentage point off of its share price today. Um, there were a number of little small caps that were giving updates. So Frontier Digital Ventures was one. Beam Communications, before pay, I chatted with them on the small right. caps. Uh, but the stock of the day was Adore Beauty, also updating the market. Um, let's listen into our guest's analysis. I guess the concern that we have with not only Adore but but many of the other companies in the discretionary retail area is that uh, it is discretionary and that we are in a period where we've got high interest rates, high inflation, and it's one of those areas where people have the ability to decide whether or not they're going to, uh, to spend money on it. So that's probably our concern that we have. It's not actually a stock that that Ords covers, so we don't have an official research coverage on it. But uh, as far far as the the overall consumer discretionary stocks are concerned, we are fairly cautious on them. Um, Adore, as you said, came onto the market with a lot of fanfare. They've come back, come down a fair bit since then, um, but it is still unprofitable. So it's probably one that we'd be steering clear of at this point in time. So the same customers, but I don't see a lot of growth here. I mean, for the last three years, it's been pretty, pretty subliminal. Uh, if you look at the market cap, it's a micro cap, it's 87 million. Right. And the average daily turnover is like $27,000. Oh, okay. So, so it's really thinly uh, traded as really well. Really small. So this is not, this would not be an institutional investment right. for institutions, that's for sure. Yeah. It's yep. just very small retailers. So it's really an avoid as far as I'm concerned. Right. Well, not a lot of love there, were there? No. no. And I must admit, um, there is another big competitor in the market, which isn't listed, Mecca. Yeah. And you go into Mecca stores in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Oh, my God. You can't get served. So that's the only yeah. thing I'll throw out it's there. It's a funny thing is that, you know, uh, when you talk about the online offerings, I know... Claude Walker comes to mind from A Rich Life saying, you just buy it cheapest online. But Mecca has become a Mecca for beauty lovers. (laughs) Same with Sephora. I mean, people like going there. They like going into the shops. Yeah, Yeah. the girls get made up. Yeah, anyway, we won't go on. So we better... uh, Josh Gilbert. Exactly. Introduce Josh. Joining us from eToro. Hi, guys. So this market looking pretty weak, really lackluster, below 6,800. Technically, what's going on? Yeah, the, uh, you know, hitting what was 12-month lows today um, on on sort of the ASX, and I think we're heading for for sort of the worst month uh, this year if, if sort of we close out around that sort of three and a half percent month uh, mark uh, tomorrow. I think the market is obviously pricing in, um, you know, that the bad news of this expectation that we're probably going to see 
another hike from the RBA and potentially this conversation that, okay, is there going to be more than one hike because, you know, go back a couple of months and, and we sort of didn't expect to see, you know, another hike, you know, all of the sort of big four sort of really saying that, that we'd seen, uh, all, you know, all that the RBA had to, to sort of give, but now that is sort of changing. So I think that's really put the market on the back foot, especially in the last couple of weeks, throw in, you know, what is obviously geopolitical tensions, you know, obviously rising yields as well, which I think the market has done well to, to sort of not sell off before this time with sort of rising yields over that time as well uh, and then obviously then go into you know higher for longer narratives still got rates further to go then you know i don't think it's really a surprise to see markets uh, on the back foot as much as sort of they are um you know u.s futures though did have a little bit of positivity today we had mm. some good news from us pce on friday that's put uh, u.s futures on the front foot as i say so maybe we're on for a bit of a better week this week but it's not a great start for the asx I guess the whole question is um, October is often pretty weak and this October is living up to that. But we do sometimes have that rally into year end. Is it kind of a slipping away like the boat on the horizon that's disappearing at the moment, Josh? It feels a little bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we are we're, we're still confident on on sort of markets going into sort of year end. We we say that um, you know this is the best time of the year historically. You know, Q3 is uh, the best time of year, especially for for sort of U.S. stocks. Um, you know, again, I think it's particularly if we're going to take a lead from the U.S. from uh, locally. So if the ASX is going to take its lead from the US, I think that the last two months of the year should be a little bit more positive. I think we're getting to the point now where we're getting to, you know, oversold territory. You know, there's going to be some bargain hunters, I think, finding some value around these sort of levels, uh, particularly in US stocks, you know, the S&P 500 into correction territory uh, last week um, with that close on Friday. So I think there's going to be some bargain hunters there. I think they're going to see some opportunity with this recent weakness, especially, uh, as I say, with that US PCE reading, it showed that inflation in the US continues to, mm. to subside. The GDP reading obviously came in a little bit hot, which maybe signals that the Fed can go higher if they want. But, you know, they, they haven't, you know, so far signaled that that is what they want to do. We'll obviously find out uh, this week, of course, uh, when they meet. But, you know, so far, I think that, you know, it's it's good news for the US. I think they're in a better position than, than probably where where the RBA is at the moment. Yeah, okay. Um, so FOMC, you've referenced that at US Earnings, Apple, Thursday. What are you expecting? Yeah, big week. Uh, look, you know, I think last week obviously set the scene a little bit for tech. I think if you miss, um, like Alphabet did, you get punished, you know, pretty badly. And if you beat uh, as expected, then you do sort of get rewarded as, as sort of Microsoft did. But I think the the, the, the sort of the misses really outweighed the uh, the beats. You know, I think we saw some a bit of weakness from from Meta. Meta's report was actually pretty decent, um, but it was that sort of guidance in in sort of the the conference call afterwards that, that sort of sent it a bit lower. I think the the release of the new iPhone is is obviously coming at a great time. I think for Apple heading into to this, uh, but I think it's going to be that level of demand. You know how are we seeing demand? Uh, reading some sort of reports today that actually there's some fears over demand in in China, which is a super key market, um, losing a bit of market share there. So you know that could you know, really have an impact uh, on on sort of earnings. I also want to hear a little bit more from Apple in terms of AI as well. They've kept their cards very close to their chest when it comes to sort of AI. And we're starting to see companies now, you know, report success with their AI ventures. Microsoft was the the clear, um, you know, the, with the clear evidence of that last week. You know, they're really starting to monetize uh, AI. So I'd like to hear a little bit more from, from sort of Apple. We heard a bit more from Meta as well last week on 
from that. Uh, also services revenue, um, you know, that's services revenue is, is really key. So services revenue, we're talking App Store, uh, Apple Music, uh, that side of the business, that's going to be really key. That's the fastest growing segment. However, you know, I think that is uh, very heavily focused towards uh, consumer discretionary. That's going to be a very dis- discretionary part of the business. Um, and obviously with slowing sort of consumer demand, um, you know, that that's going to be, you know, you know, an interesting part to, to sort of keep an eye on, because as I say, that is the, the fastest growing uh, part of the business at, at the moment. Uh, so, look, I think it's going to be uh, a bit of a barometer for, for the week. And I think if we do have a good report there, I think it will give a bit of a boost to the tech sector that we sort of really do need at the moment. Absolutely. Just looking at geopolitics, the oil market seems to be fairly sanguine. Gold, however, is a bit more punchy. Um, do you think um, investors are just too relaxed about what's going on there at the moment, Josh? Or is it that historic thing that the shock at first, but then eventually the situation resolves itself? Because the headlines are pretty, I mean, the headlines are ghastly. Yeah, look, I definitely think there is, you know, we're seeing that sort of nervousness from investors, uh, but I don't think it's, you know, you know, panic stations just yet. You know, as you say, gold has sort of been that go-to safe haven in in this sort of current sell-off. We're back above, uh, we were back above two thousand uh, dollars an ounce uh, this morning when I when I sort of was looking, um, and and I think that is it's outweighing and outpacing sort of other traditional safe havens such as the U.S. dollar and, and bonds as well. But I think you know I feel the. The reason maybe why markets aren't worrying about it as much is I feel that this is maybe sort of the new normal that we're getting to, Uh, whether that's from economic policy, geopolitical risk persisting, Mm. it feels like a little bit of the new normal. So I think that demand for gold is a safe haven. I think that might continue. We're seeing gold as well being supported by you know record levels of, of buying from central banks as well you know led by china particularly in that obviously we saw uh, gold miners do pretty well on the local market today but i think yeah th- there is obviously a level of, of nervousness from investors you know geopolitical tensions as as you know i think i mentioned last week have had limited impacts long term on markets so i think that we're going to see that initial impact we're going to see that sell off but i think that the last two months of the year should offer a little bit more positivity especially as we've got into correction territory now All right, Josh, it's been good of you to join us today. Uh, We like seeing you on a Monday. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Take care. See See you soon. Josh Gilbert from eToro. Let's take a look at some of the market leaders, shall we, Danny? Absolutely. And let's get across Ingham's. Looks like that one, uh, I don't know. There was no news associated no with news. it, honestly. Yeah, maybe it's a bit defensive. People. Same with that Nine Entertainment. I mean, that's up by 2%. No news yep. there. Um, you know, at one time today, just on the gold thing from mm. Josh, it was all gold miners. So it's interesting to see that the It's um, rotating a the lot at the moment. But, yeah, yeah. And I was moved. looking at Sarah. I don't think there's any new news. And ditto with Goodman Group. But all in the green, which obviously on this down day we will uh, take. Shall we have a look at some of the laggards? And IGO responding to that report, the uh, quarterly report down by over 9%. Star Entertainment, no new news. Don't know. Cromwell Property always pops up and I must admit I'm none the wiser. Well, it is um, trading well below its net tangible asset value and it actually came up in a conversation today with a gentleman from Morningstar, Alex Phineas. He's Mm -hmm. actually in the COB newsletter, that interview, or you can find it online at ausbiz.com.au. So he took a bit of a deep dive into the REIT space. It was really interesting. Um, You know, talking about yields, yields on offer in the bond market, why would you take on risk with commercial property? But um, 
Yeah, he fleshes it out, names some of those that are likely to perform even in an economic slowdown and even despite bond yields rising. So I think it's a worthwhile one. But yeah, just strange that it came up this morning and yeah. right now I'm seeing it uh, today. And also just worth highlighting that uh, the hedge fund manager who had been the activist investor, he offloaded half of his stake in Whitehaven. Right. So that's probably why that stock yeah. is off by almost 5%. Small to mid cap space. Let's take a little look at the leaders. Tieto Minerals. Yes. That's- that's punchy. <laughs> Take the 33%. Uh, otherwise, or a band of mining, who knows, up 23. Yeah. yeah Let's exactly. flip the page, see what's on the laggards list in this small to mid cap space. St. Barbara, you know, it was featured as one of our corporate stories to watch. I don't know what's behind any of the other no. moves. So we'll leave that there. But Pentoro, Neo Metals, Base Resources, and Clover Group also trading well lower. Yep, absolutely. So let's uh, check in and. Um, Right. Uh, that was confusing. Hey, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get to what's happening overnight. And apparently we have uh, Japan's flash CPI reading and Germany's preliminary GDP reading. Yeah, we've also got the Dallas Fed, I do believe, coming out tonight. And uh, tomorrow we've got those PMIs picking up in China, yeah. which will be really an interesting one. I don't think that the beginning of the week is as exciting as the latter part of the week will be when it comes to rates and economic, uh, you know, activity. But um, yeah, we've got McDonald's, Lowe's, we've got, yeah, a number of companies reporting tonight as well. Absolutely. And that will be uh, very interesting. I'm just noticing (laughs) HSBC has announced a $3 billion buyback as elevated Mm -hmm. interest rates boost growth. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not that gives some of the banking stocks a boost in Europe and potentially the US. Yeah, the pre-tax profit for HSBC more than doubled, but did miss the estimates on costs, actually. Mm, Um, Other than that, Danny, you know, it's sad to say, but I can't help thinking that whatever happens in the Middle East, we've got Israel absolutely pounding Gaza's north, really stepping up that ground assault. So we'll see the impact, um, obviously the humanitarian impact and, uh, you know, the impact around the tensions in the Middle East, but also key asset classes that we track here. Absolutely. And uh, let's just check in maybe and see how the market has closed. SIBO 200 off by almost 12 points or nine tenths of a percent. ASX 200 off by 54 points or 0.8 of a percent at 6,772. It, it is just worthwhile to note that those mini E-minis, S&P uh, 500 and NASDAQ, still really positive. Yep. So watch that. Also a little bit of positivity around the region. Uh, in China. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, the local market has closed down by eight tenths of a percent, 6,773. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's a wrap, isn't it? I think it is for a Monday. (laughs) We'll call it a day. Thanks for joining us and catch up with anything online. Subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, we'll see you at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Have a great evening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.